The deep state is exploiting native peoples, indigenous peoples, Indians all over the world to advance its evil agendas on everything from undermining our property rights to destroying Christianity and replacing it with paganism. Stay tuned and I'll tell you more. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Behind the Deep State. I'm your host, Alex Newman, for the New American Magazine. Thank you so much for joining us. Now, we've, this is a topic we've been covering for um, many, many years in the New American, but it seems to be coming to a head with the Biden administration. I'll tell you some of that in a little bit. But, folks, the U.N. has determined, and, and the deep state behind the U.N. have determined, that... Um, Using and weaponizing and exploiting Indians is a good way to advance the agenda. Uh, they they prey on people's guilt. Uh, they prey on phony history. They prey on injustices of the past uh, to offer them a pretext for undermining freedom, undermining the very things that make life uh, possible and enjoyable for all peoples, including native peoples and indigenous peoples. There is no difference between a native person and a non-native person when it comes to needing food, needing water, needing uh, resources and energy, right? Uh, And of course, desiring individual liberty. But what we have is this effort to divide people into different categories. Oh, you're an indigenous person. You're not an indigenous person. Uh, And then use these fault lines to bring about the deep state's agenda. And we see this. I mean, it's been in the news all over the place over the last year. Uh, Of course, we just saw recently uh, Pope Francis went to Canada and engaged in all sorts of bizarre pagan rituals with uh, Indians there. Uh, We we had some articles about this at The New American. In fact, a lot of Catholics around the world and here in the United States uh, express deep concern and even shock over uh, some of these things that the Pope was involved in while he was in Canada. But of course, that's just the start. And the UN has been on this bandwagon for a very long time. In fact, in 2012, at the UN Climate Summit in uh, Cancun in Mexico, the head of this operation, uh, Cristiana Figueres, actually opened the UN Climate Summit with a prayer to the Mayan goddess Ixchel. And she said this was the goddess of tapestries and creativity. Turns out Ixchel is also the goddess of cannibalism and human sacrifice and war. Uh, so very strange to open up a climate summit, or maybe not, uh, to with a prayer to a goddess of cannibalism. Uh, very bizarre, folks. And, and I mean, this stuff is ramping up. Uh, just this year, uh, a few months ago, the UN hosted uh, its annual uh, permanent forum on indigenous issues, uh, and they handpicked a few Indians to come and supposedly represent their people. And uh, of course, they just came and parroted UN talking points. Uh, they complained that extractive operations uh, you know, mining, uh, getting oil and energy and things like that were hurting Indians and hurting the land and hurting Mother Nature and hurting their culture and all these kinds of things, uh, which, uh, of course, happens sometimes. But the idea that uh, this is a global problem or that the U.N. is going to protect anybody from this uh, is preposterous. And in fact, what we see is these Indians are being exploited and manipulated and used as spokespeople for the very same agenda that the U.N. has been pushing under other pretexts, too. Right. Uh, So uh, getting oil and energy out of the ground doesn't just hurt Indians. It hurts climate change and Mother Earth and health and all these things. And of course, that's all baloney. Right. Uh, All it does is allow us to have a decent standard of living, heat our homes, cook our food, drive our cars and operate our economy so that we can live at a decent standard of living. Uh, No surprise, uh, one of the leading communist Chinese operatives running the UN, Liu Zemin, uh, he is the Undersecretary General for Economic and Social Affairs at the United Nations. Uh, He sent out a message saying that uh, indigenous peoples customarily claim and manage more than 50% of the world's land, yet only own 
10% of it. Uh, that's interesting. So they're, they're saying that the indigenous peoples that uh, the UN claims are indigenous peoples, uh, about 5% of the global population uh, actually should be controlling 50% of the world's land. Uh, that's very interesting. And we'll see how that fits right in with the UN's agenda. Um, and, and also this, this paganism and this redefining of rights based on uh, indigenous terms, uh, it is now becoming government policy, even in Western once Christian nations. Uh, we saw this in 2017 in New Zealand when the New Zealand parliament passed a bill that anthropomorphizes and even deifies the river there. Uh, this was on uh, March 15th in 2017. They passed this uh, Awatupua legislation that grants personhood and human rights to the Wanganui River. Um, yes, so the river is now a person with human rights. Now, unborn babies, they are not people. They do not have human rights. You can butcher them and slice them up into pieces and vacuum their brains out. But the river and the rocks, those have human rights, okay? Uh, folks, think about what this means, all right? Uh, this was supposedly incorporating the Maori things. And you know, I have no problem with Maori people. That's all fine and good. But their traditional religions that all this stuff is based on uh, involved pagan worship of many gods, communication with spirits, which, of course, the Bible describes as demons, uh, human sacrifice, cannibalism. Do we really want to be making government policy based on long discredited pagan religions involving human sacrifice and cannibalism? And I think the obvious answer is, of course, no. Uh, a lot of this goes back, folks, to the 2012 UN uh, agreement that we'll talk about. Now, in 2012, the uh, UN Special Rapporteur on the Rights of Indigenous People, James Anaya, uh, actually came to the United States and concluded something incredible. He said Americans have to give back huge amounts of land to uh, Indigenous people, to Native Americans, including, incidentally, Mount Rushmore in South Dakota. Uh, he said this would help put us in compliance with the uh, UN Declaration on the Rights of of indigenous peoples. Uh, this was a, a treaty, an agreement uh, signed by Obama in 2010, of course, never ratified by the U.S. Senate. Now, it took decades of negotiating to get to this U.N. Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples. Um, and I, I want you guys to think about this. Okay, It was adopted in 2006, signed on by uh, U.S. in 2010. Uh, it was adopted by the uh, U.N. Human Rights Council, and then it was sent to the General Assembly, where it was finally approved in 2007. Now, there were four governments that opposed this, Australia, Canada, the United States, and New Zealand, uh, but eventually all of them have succumbed. But I want to break this down for you folks. This treaty is extremely problematic for many reasons. Go to Article 26, and what you'll find is a mandate that uh, that all lands uh, that are lawfully owned now by other citizens that were, I'll just read it to you. Indigenous peoples have the right to the lands, territories, and resources which they have traditionally owned, occupied, or otherwise used or acquired. All right, stop and think about that for a moment, folks. All the lands that they have traditionally owned, occupied, or otherwise used or acquired. So did they ever hunt somewhere? Did they ever bury a person somewhere? Did they ever walk through somewhere? Because that's that's used, right? I mean, if you walked through it, you used it. Uh, then it needs to be returned to the Indians. So folks, stop and think about this for a moment. The entire territory of the United States, including all of Alaska, including all of Hawaii, including the entire continental United States, was all at some time used, occupied, owned, or acquired by indigenous peoples. Of course, they, they constantly were having warfare back and forth. There was genocide here, genocide there, kick you out here, burn all this down there. Uh, so we don't know who exactly we need to give it back to, but this is what the UN agreement says, folks. 
think about that. Uh, it goes on to say that uh, in Article 29 that uh, governments shall establish and implement environmental and conservation schemes on Indian lands. Uh, and of course, they're, they're acting like they're giving power back to the Indians, but of course they're not. They're using national governments in bed with the United Nations to foist these UN-backed policies on Indians who, of course, uh, have no say whatsoever in UN policy. Now, again, uh, Obama signed this in 2010. He never got it ratified by the U.S. Senate, but he still said we're going to implement it anyway. Here's what uh, Obama said in an announcement. The United States intends to continue to work so that the laws and mechanisms that is put in place to recognize existing and accommodate the acquisition of additional land, territory, and natural resource rights under U.S. law function properly and to facilitate as appropriate access by indigenous peoples to the traditional lands, territories, and natural resources in which they have an interest. So that's from a State Department uh, statement about this UN agreement. Now, uh, every August 9th now, the UN commemorates something they call International Day of the World's Indigenous Peoples, uh, and that was chosen based on the date that the first UN Working Group on Indigenous Populations was held in Geneva in 1982. Uh, and they're making it a really big deal, folks. All these UN spokespeople are coming out and talking about it. Here's uh, the communist terrorist who runs the World Health Organization. Yes, he was on the Politburo of an ethno-Marxist terror organization, the Tigray People's Liberation Front. But uh, listen to this man talk about uh, indigenous people. Day. Watch this. Dear colleagues and friends, I thank the United Nations Department of Economic and Social Affairs and the Permanent Forum of Indigenous Issues for inviting WHO to this event. Indigenous peoples, and particularly indigenous women, are vital gatekeepers of health for their communities. The United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples safeguards the right to health without discrimination, while also highlighting their right to traditional medicines and health practices. Indigenous peoples also have unique knowledge and experience in traditional medicine, food systems, and a one health approach that encompasses the health of humans, animals, and our environment. And yet, Indigenous peoples continue to face barriers to accessing health services and are often underserved by health programs, strategies, and plans. It's essential for all countries to lift up the voices of indigenous peoples in the design and delivery of health policies and services. WHO is committed to supporting countries to protect and promote the health of indigenous peoples as demonstrated by our recent engagement with the Interagency Support Group on Indigenous Issues. On this International Day of the World's Indigenous Peoples, we celebrate their rich heritage and we commit to working for a rich future, a healthier, safer and fairer future for all indigenous peoples. I thank you. All righty, folks. Now, uh, Joe Biden is moving on to this as well. He made big promises to the tribal governments. And folks, I want you to realize these tribal governments in the United States, they, they act like they're sovereign entities. 
absolute baloney. These are uh, totally dependent entities that depend on the federal government for money, depend on the federal government for instructions, and basically implement federal policy and impose it on the Indian tribes that they govern. Uh, my friend, uh, a wonderful Indian, a Cherokee Indian by the name of Elaine Willman, who happens to be married to a uh, another Indian who's actually a direct descendant of Sacagawea. Somehow the Soviet Poverty Law Center called her the leader of the anti-Indian movement without ever mentioning that she's a Cherokee Indian. She was a registered member of the Cherokee tribe. She's married to an Indian. She loves the Indians. She's lived among them almost all her life. She's been fighting for uh, Indians to stop having their children kidnapped and stolen by uh, federally funded child kidnappers masquerading as child welfare providers. So this is a lady who has a heart for Indians, loves the Indians, and is an Indian. And she's been exposing this for a very long time, and somehow she became the leader of the anti-Indian movement. But one of the things she's exposed is this disgusting symbiotic relationship between these tribal governments that are funded and controlled by the federal government and the federal government. And so the federal government says, oh, you have to do that for the Indian tribes. So they override state governments. They override the will of the people. They override uh, the elected representatives in a county, and they just impose federal policy directly on these people under the guise of Indian sovereignty, where there is no sovereignty, right? These are instructions coming down from the federal government. Uh, so Biden is now doubling down on this for the first time in American history. Last year, he issued a proclamation uh, creating a, a so-called uh, Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, and in this proclamation, he talks about how terrible uh, the Europeans were and that they harmed and, and brutalized the Native Americans. Uh, he promised he was going to make all these uh, restored protections for all these lands for uh, Indians. And um, some of this stuff is incredible, uh, folks. Here's what he says in his declaration, uh, the White House proclamation. Since time immemorial, American Indians, Alaska Natives, and Native Hawaiians have built vibrant and diverse cultures, safeguarding land, language, spirit, knowledge, and tradition across the generations. Um, he goes on to uh, describe the shameful episodes of our past uh, allegedly perpetrated by Europeans. And of course, there was some atrocities. Everybody knows that. And there were plenty of atrocities perpetrated by uh, indigenous people against people who were coming here, including many who bought land and, and property from them. Uh, here's what, what it, they go on to say. Uh, For Native Americans, Western exploration ushered in a wave of devastation, violence perpetrated against Native communities, displacement and theft of tribal homelands, the introduction and spread of disease, and more. On this day, we recognize this painful past and recommit ourselves to investing in Native communities, upholding our solemn and sacred commitments to tribal sovereignty and pursuing a brighter future centered on dignity, respect, justice, and opportunity for all. Uh, that sounds so cute, except uh, it's phony history. Uh, obviously, as I mentioned, there were some atrocities, but folks, um, this fake narrative that there were just these uh, Indians just living here in total peace and then mean old Europeans came and brutalized them in the name of Christianity is, is a fraud by and large. Um, you know, again, there were many uh, horrible things done on both sides. But uh, if you understand the way life was before Christianity arrived, uh, you understand there was genocide, there was cannibalism, there was human sacrifice, there was barbarism. Uh, I mean, there was just absolute horror. And as Christianity and the gospel and, and freedom arrived, uh, a lot of those things stopped. Uh, and there are uh, countless uh, Indian Christians today who are actually very happy that Christianity arrived on their shores, that Western civilization arrived on their shores. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, uh, I think, a pretty important thing to acknowledge. Uh, so Biden goes on to say that he's going to uh, protect all these lands, give them to the Indians. He says this, this announcement is not just about national monuments. The administration centering the voices of indigenous people and affirming the shared stewardship of this landscape with tribal nations. That's uh, according to Secretary of the Interior Deb Haaland, who is a citizen of the Laguna Pueblo Nation. Uh, but folks, uh, this uh, really, uh, it, you want to see where this ends, you can look in Brazil. Now, uh, during the final years of the Obama administration, 
they acquired 34,000 acres of land for Indians. Uh, that was a 225% increase over 2006. And if you want to see where this ends, folks, you can look at Brazil. We did some exclusive reporting at the New American on what was happening in Brazil. Uh, at the end of 2012, uh, federal Brazilian troops and police, this was under the communist regime of Dilma Rousseff, uh, a lot of them wearing UN insignia, showed up and wiped entire villages, entire communities off the map under the guise of giving certain lands back to Indians and under the guise of uh, fulfilling and signing these UN uh, indigenous people's declarations. Uh, folks, uh, this this one incident that I'm talking about involved uh, about 400,000 acres of land in the state of Mato Grosso. There were numerous towns, numerous communities there, many of them with thousands of people in them, churches, schools, hospitals. They've been there for generations. And supposedly the government was going to give all this land, all these, all this uh, property to this tiny little band of Indians. Well, turns out that those Indians, the uh, Zavanchi Indians, uh, who were supposed to get the land, were actually publicly speaking out that this was not their land. Uh, one uh, Zavanchi Indian actually gave a, a press conference, and he said, uh, despite what Funai, that's the Indian Department of the Justice Ministry, says these lands were all forests. With all the Indian lands that exist in Brazil, why would the police come here? This is theirs. And he was referring, of course, to the existing farmers, ranchers, and property owners there. Uh, another Indian at the rally said the Justice Ministry only supports things that aren't right. I already told them this before. Zavanchis never exist in the forest. They existed only in the Cejado. Totally different ecosystem, totally different part of Brazil. Uh, it's a, kind of like a tropical savanna that covers the uh, plateaus of central Brazil. So the very Indians that were supposedly going to be getting these lands back were actually saying these are not our lands. And in fact, we have uh, official documents from FUNAI, the Brazilian Indian Agency, saying in 1971 and in 1974 that no Indians ever lived on these lands in question. Uh, pretty amazing, folks. Uh, those same Indians, there's about 14,000 of them, already had 3.5 million acres of land in the state of Mato Grosso. The state government actually offered to provide them an even larger, nicer piece of land uh, in exchange for this land that the federal government was trying to steal from these farmers. And of course, the federal government said no. Uh, and meanwhile, while they're doing all this under the guise of helping Indians, uh, the very same Brazilian government was brutalizing and, and harming Indians in the Amazon rainforest so they could make way for all these government projects and things like that. And the Indian rights activists were actually complaining about it, but the UN was not very concerned. And folks, they don't care if they have to use Indians or global warming or a desert tortoise or a lizard or a fish, whatever it is, they want to remove private property rights. They want to get you off your land. They want to centralize control over the food supply as we have been exposing for a very long time. And I'll conclude with this out of a 1976 report, the Vancouver Declaration, uh, early on when the UN was coming up with these ideas on sustainability. This is what they said. Land cannot be treated as an ordinary asset controlled by individuals and subject to the pressures and inefficiencies of the market. Oh, so maybe we should give it to a tribal government controlled by the federal government. Hmm, yeah, sounds familiar, right? Uh, they went on to say that private land ownership is also a principal instrument of accumulation and concentration of wealth and therefore contributes to social injustice. If left unchecked, it may become a major obstacle in the planning and implementation of development schemes. So folks, there it is, black and white, the UN telling you we got to get rid of private land ownership. Okay, that's one of the reasons they're celebrating so highly 
these ancient pagan Indian cultures uh, because they didn't acknowledge private property rights, right? You just give it to a tribal government controlled by the feds, controlled by the UN. Uh, we have got to resist this, folks. Do not let them uh, lie to you, brutalize you, steal your rights under the guise of helping Indians. In fact, this will be devastating to Indians. In fact, all of these policies have been incredibly devastating to the uh, so-called indigenous peoples that the UN claims to be interested in helping. Uh, getting rid of private property rights, getting rid of freedom uh, doesn't help anyone, native, non-native, indigenous, non-indigenous. It only helps totalitarians and technocrats. And that is the deep state's goal with all of this. I'm Alex Newman. This is Behind the Deep State. Please share this video out. Help us get the word out. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, God bless you all. If you enjoyed this video, please make sure to subscribe, hit like, hit that little bell so that you'll be notified whenever we post new videos. And also, please make sure to share this video with your friends. Email is a great way to do it. Remember, there are powerful forces working to steal our freedom and destroy our country. We need to work together, expose those behind the deep state. Otherwise, you can kiss your liberties goodbye. Thank you